0: What's going on, everybody? Uh, I'm Will, aka Will the Greatest, and this is, I guess, a pilot episode for a podcast that, uh, I just feel like starting now because, um, just a lot of complications happened. And I used to have one podcast and I planned a couple other ones and just stuff kept falling through. So I decided that people can just do them by themselves and talk to themselves. And this is a lot easier to manage instead of, you know, uh, coming up with scripts and coming out with videos and blah 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 blah, but uh, if you don't know me Hello, I am a youtuber Sort of I am a podcaster sort of my name is will and i'm a nerd and this podcast ace podcast welcome to the ace podcast where we focus on Pop culture related stuff like we'll talk about movies and tv shows Um primarily it may probably focus on like marvel and dc stuff But you know if we're talking about movies or music that week we're talking about movies Music that week, so you know it's a little bit of a variety thing, but yeah, Ace, into the Ace podcast. I'm your host, Will. If I ever get other co hosts, I'll introduce them, but for now, you just kind of get me. So, uh, I like to start this show off with just seeing how everybody's doing, everybody being me, because I'm here by myself, and um, I'm doing okay. I actually have the day off uh, through the rest of the weekend. I have three days worth of my internship, and then the rest of the days I just kind of take off to do work or study or work on personal projects or what have you. Um, How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. But yes, I'm doing okay. Life isn't bad. Uh, I could stand to eat better, but, you know, life isn't bad. No complaints. Life's not bad. So, with that being said, and not much having been spoken about, let's get into our topics for today. So, starting off with a little bit of a DC talk. DC being DC Comics, DCEU, DC Movies, DC Detective Comics Comics, as I like to call them, and so do so many others on the internet do as well. So, recently we actually got our first look at the Harley Quinn, I'm sorry, Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn movie poster for that movie that comes out in 2020. That movie stars... Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, and I think she's also one of the producers on the film. We have Black Canary, played by Journey Smollett-Bell. You may know her as the sister of uh, Juicy Smoulier, as Dave Chappelle calls him, <laughs> a.k.a. Jesse Smollett from Empire, so they're siblings. Uh, we have Huntress, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who you may recognize. She's done a lot of like voice acting roles, and I also believe that she was in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. That's how I remember it, at least. I think she was the uh, evil ex-girlfriend in that. Renee Montoya, played by Rosie Perez which is a name I haven't heard in a long time, and Cassandra Kane, played by Ella J. Basco, who I believe is actually the cousin or sibling of Dante Basco, uh, the voice actor for, like, Zuko and the player, the, the actor for Rufio. So, you know, that name should seem a little bit familiar. Because um, apparently a New York Comic Con coming up in a couple weeks, they're actually doing a big Harley Quinn booth because uh, her new TV show is dropping. I'm excited for that. Her new comic, uh, Harleen, has come out by Stepan Stojic, I believe is how you pronounce his name, which I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, and I, I love his art, uh, so I can't wait to pick that up sometime today. But nonetheless, let's talk about this poster. Uh, also, a trailer leaked, <laughs> and it shouldn't have. Um, showing off a lot of stuff for this movie, and there's already been a lot of leaks and whatnot, but I want to focus on this poster, and I'm going to go on a bit of a mini rant about uh, comic accuracy. Uh, and films as far as like adaptations go and interpretations. And, and I've done two videos about this. I've done one for DC before Justin League came out, and rightfully so I, of course, did one for Marvel uh, before Infinity War came out. So go check those videos out on my personal channel. But nonetheless, uh, looking at the poster for this, and we get a nice kind of glance at uh, the main key players for the movie, you know, we get a look at Harley Quinn. We get to look at Black Canary. We get a look at Huntress. We get a look at uh, Renee Montoya. Um, actually, pulling it up now to take a second glance at it, but I don't like the costume designs. Uh, I actually, I, I, freely admit, I never really have liked a lot of the costume designs for a lot of people, uh, for or a lot of characters at the in the DC I. As someone who is a fan of Harley Quinn as a character, which is ironic because I I can't stand the Joker, um, I just, I, I don't like her outfit. I didn't really like the blue and pink color scheme. I think they did it to make her character a little bit more accessible to the mainstream, despite the fact that, like, yeah, you know, she's cutesy and fun and, like, this interesting queer character with this history of, like, trauma and abuse and overcoming and like being an actual academic who has like her degree in psychology and whatnot but at the same time she's still a serial killer and an awful person like she's she's not a good person despite the fact that she has a tragic backstory there's a lot of villains out there but i think she just gets a pass because a lot of people want to fuck her i'm sorry but um in terms of like customization i i I wasn't a fan of what they did with her like even the booty shorts that just seemed a little obnoxious and tedious not even on some feminist shit or anything like that um it just i don't know it was just it was just kind of weird in, uh, the, and then the added tattoos which is the thing that they have with the joker as well and i'm a little disappointed that they're keeping that i would have just retconned those tattoos out because i think a lot of them are just really dumb and same thing for the joker too I, I don't like his either um but just looking at this i don't I didn't like Harley's outfit that much, but at least it had a little bit of a thing with her original, where there was that little bit of dichotomy, so it'd be like blue and red or blue and pink, whatever colors they were going for. I, I think it was blue and red, if my memory serves. Um, but then we got that like one cool scene where we see her in the classic outfit, and we see the Joker in the classic outfit, and an homage to, I believe, that Alex Ross art piece. I'm like, yes, this is amazing! Why is this scene only eight seconds long? And now her current costume, I, I think I've seen uh, some of the behind-the-scenes footage of a lot of them. And hers just doesn't look good. She has this one weird frilly outfit. At, at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the characterization of the characters. Um, so I can disagree with how they're outfitted, but as long as the acting and writing, you know, how, supports them, it's fine. But that's another problem is that looking at the leaks, if these leaks are believed to be true, that that the movie doesn't sound good, um, which makes me kind of disappointed because I loved Shazam. Uh, I really liked Aquaman. And so for one of the few DC characters I'm actually invested in to have her movie coming out, which it's weird to think Harley Quinn after this, I believe will have as many, if not more appearances in the DCE than Batman did, which is odd, Um, but nonetheless, oh yeah, and and she's going to be in Suicide Squad, so when that one comes out, yeah, she'll have had more appearances, I believe, because I think hers will be four and his will be three, but I digress. Um... It, it, it doesn't sound good, um, and I, I'm not really digging Black Canary's outfit. Uh, it's, just, it's just one of those, and I've spoken about this with, with you know uh, a woman who is a very is a avid comic reader and follows a lot more DC than I do, and she's a huge Black Canary fan, and she saw the picture, and she's like, I don't like that. <laughs> she didn't like it, and I'm just like, you know, I get it. I get with adaptation, you know, you, you have leeway. You have options, and you go back through the history of the characters and do whatever you want. And you want to do something that like to the spirit of it, but also like does your own personal take on it. But I'm just like, why, why mess with something if it if it works? Um, like in the Flash, they just got his new suit, which is just the season four suit with the chin strap. And I'm like, cool, this is perfect. Looks great. Grant looks great in it. Uh, Arrow's costumes have consistently been pretty much fine with me. I generally have no complaints. He, he usually looks pretty pretty darn good. In his outfits. Um, But I I don't really like Black Canary has like a leather jacket and like leather pants. And I I feel like there's not. I feel like you could have done like a tactical thing and managed to work the fishnet in there. And I don't think there's any in there. Like if you want to make it a thing where she's not just running around in a leather jacket and like a Playboy Bunny outfit ostensibly. That's fine. Sure. I, I get that. That makes sense from like a tactical standpoint and also just showing respect for your actors and stuff like that sure that's fine it doesn't have to be like comic accurate with like her breasts all in the wind and stuff like that but she also has sound based power so like stuff like that doesn't really matter but at the same time i'm like i I feel like you could have done more and more expansive with that and then there's harley who i think they did too much (laughs) and it's just like well harley's fun and zany and crazy and of course she would do some wild uh shit like this and I'm like, why why can't you just do a lot of red and black? Or, or if you want to make it red and blue, make it red and blue. Make I I just I just want a little bit more consistency. And I, I wish that, you know, these two like I think the Shazam suit. I thought that was perfect when I saw what the Jeff Johns picture looked like. I'm like, perfect, you got it. Nothing wrong with this. Uh, and people were like, it's too red, it's too bright. And I'm like, what? what the fuck is wrong with you? No, it looks great. Don't fix this. This looks great. And it and they, they didn't change it. It looks perfect. And that's what actually helped get me into Shazam was that movie. Just like the writing and the costume, it all just it just works well. And I don't think, aside from the fact that the leaks for this don't look good, and Black Mask like never wears a mask, and there's something where he's like either coded gay or he is gay, which I'm like, cool, fine, uh, have gay villains, have LGBT villains, go ahead, I I don't care. That's nice. Um, glad, glad there's representation for everybody. But in the end of the day, is he going to be a good character? Is he going to be a faithful adaptation of what Black Mask is like to my limited understanding of Black Mask from like Under the Red Hood and the Arkham Games and stuff like that? Like, I don't know him that well. I'm not going to claim that I do. But at the same time, like, there are fans out there that Black Mask probably has. And Ian McGregor is a great actor. And if you're just going to have him be some kind of flamboyant dude, I don't have a limited knowledge of that, of the character. Or I have a limited knowledge of the character, but... That doesn't sound like Black Mask. He sounds like a, to my memory, he was like a gangster dude who, you know, ran his crew ragged. Um, and he had like anger issues. And I, all I, I'm worried about like the Faithfulness character like, so you're going to have him be Black Mask and I have a Black Mask. Why? What the fuck? Um, and I think Zaz is showing up in that movie too. So I don't know. I just, looking at these costumes, I'm just disappointed i think the only one that i can kind of let slide is uh cassie kane you know one of the future uh Batgirls girls who who's one of the most badass Batgirls girls memory served because she was like the badass ninja with like the uh like black panther <laughs> looking bat girl outfit so i thought you know having her be the little kid that's like kidnapped or whatever the shit or being involved in it that's cool having you know and all having black canary and renee montoya and cassie kane show up in a movie i'm all for it um I don't know why they didn't include Batgirl in this. That's weird though. If you're like you're doing a Birds of Prey movie and you got all these main runners, but you're making it kind of Harley Quinn centric and not including Batgirl, especially when it's like a mission like Huntress Huntress's bows look fine. Her outfit honestly is probably like the best looking out of all of them, which I that isn't saying much. But it is still weird to me that they're doing that they did a Birds of Prey movie, because I believe they finished wrapping um production. But they just they didn't want to include Batgirl, and even when, the, the Birds of Prey I remember is the uh, animated series that would air online <laughs> when I was like, I want to say like six, seven years old. I was a kid kid when that show came out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm i just trying to figure out, I'm like, what, what, where, what? I have no idea where they are going with this movie and what their plans are for it, but yeah, I just want to, I don't know. I oh, don't know, man. I mean, they have canary in like bell-bottom jeans and a yellow shirt with one of those annoying uh, septum piercings. Oh my god, I, I don't like that. That's a personal preference, but nonetheless, like Harley Quinn has like this pink, I want to say it's a bra or bralette, something to cover boobs and like confetti on her arms. Um Black Mask is over here in a white suit. Uh I believe that's Huntress in just like what looks like an outfit from TLC in the 90s. Zaz... Looks like Zayn Malik, uh or Zayn Malik. I just, I just, stuff like that. This movie's gonna stress me out. I can feel it. I'm excited for all the wrong reasons. I want to see this movie, but not for any positive reason I, I kind of. It's like a tr- dumpster fire uh hitting a train. Like I'm just curious as to what the end result is gonna be. And it's probably gonna do decently because Harley pulls in good money. She's she's just one of those characters that just draws in a, a lot of a lot of people for a lot of various reasons. Um, but yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and move on to the next topic because this is just making really me sad. Uh, so we got some blowing around the rumor mill a little bit. Well, not, half of it might be confirmed. Half is it's still, I believe, in negotiation. But Jeffrey Wright and Jonah Hill have been tapped to be in Matt Reeves' The Batman that's supposed to be starring Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, um, a, a choice that I'm still on the fence about. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I, I trust the people. That, uh, I trust Matt Reeves. That's who I trust. But, yeah, Jeffrey Wright is supposed to be playing Commissioner Gordon, which I'm like, that's – that. Uh, when I was at San Diego Comic-Con, you know, they said Jeffrey Wright is playing The Watcher. I'm like, that's an amazing voice. That, that's, a, that's a best that's, – that's a dope-ass voice. Um, you know, I, I thought that uh, J.K. Simmons is Commissioner Gordon for his three minutes of screen time. Lifted for months, got buff as hell for it to be on screen for, like, two minutes. Oh, my God. But Jeffrey Wright is Commissioner Gordon. That's – that's dope. He's a great actor. I lo- actor. I, actor. I love him in Westworld. Has a powerful voice. I, him as Commissioner Gordon, I can see it right now. He'd be awesome. Him opposite Robert Pattinson is like an interesting sight. Um, now Jonah Hill is the one I believe that's still in negotiations. Though there are rumors that he may be like the Penguin or the Riddler. Uh, I can kind of see the Riddler. I think one of the things for me. There, there are a lot of things when I'm imagining like actors in different roles, and I haven't seen enough of Robert Pattinson's uh, uh, filmography to really give a final judgment on him, because the only things I've seen him in were Twilight, and that those movies did absolutely none of their actors any sort of justice, in terms of acting ability, and I heard he's a, he's a fantastic actor, but my, my you know first choice for Bruce Wayne would have actually been Jamie Dornan, ironically, of the Fifty Shades series, for um, uh, many roundabout reasons. I think it would have been a phenomenal Bruce Wayne, and a very, very good Batman, um, but nonetheless... I'm sure Robert Pence will be fine because Matt Reeves is a very good director. Uh, I like his directing, but in terms of like looking at who Jonah Hill could possibly be, I can sort of see the Penguin. It's one of the things that gets me with acting is a vocal intonation. So do they sound like they can carry that role? And and when I think of the Penguin, he can he can be a he he almost seems like a cartoonish Monopoly Man type villain. So I can kind of see Jonah Hill in that role. Uh, I can also maybe see him a little bit in the Riddler. There are rumors going around. It's like, what if they're adapting Court of Owls? And he could maybe be the head of the Court of Owls. But I can't see him doing anything that's too serious. I hate to say. I'm sorry, but like, I can't see him as like a Joker. Probably not like a Two Face. Um, maybe a Clayface. Maybe. But it's just, like that's that's actually one of my minor issues with <laughs> Captain Marvel is that I, I just don't think Brie Larson has a very particularly commanding voice for that character. Um, when when I'm thinking of Carol Danvers, I, I like a voice that commands your attention and that you will automatically respect and listen to, and I don't think she just had the voice for it. So think of Jonah Hill, he does have a bit of a, I want to say, like a lighter voice. So he's definitely one of those actors who I feel like he would probably have to play a character that's a little bit lighter, and I can maybe see him doing something like the Riddler, Um, which can be a little bit more animated because he's a funny guy. And I feel like he can play that kind of uh, personality, especially given his performance in Wolf of Wall Street. I feel like that's something he can pull off. So Uh, it'll be interesting to see how this develops over time. And I'm I'm recording this on Thursday. So, you know, see how it pans out. But, yeah, uh, I think that's everything I I have to say on that going on to my last topic. And this is is a late one. But uh, I recently watched Batman Hush because for some reason – I was watching somebody's videos and I just got on a kick of, uh, really getting interested in DC stuff. And maybe one day I'll do a pitch for Batman. Cause if you know me, you know, I don't like Batman. My, my favorite Batman is, uh, Terry McGinnis. <laughs> I'm not, uh, in, in my favorite Batman comic and same for Superman, actually. Uh, and one of them. My favorite DC comics are the Earth One comics. I, I love. Love, love, love those stories. Um, So maybe one day I'll do a a Batman pitch and and plan that out for an episode. But that's besides the point. So I watched Batman Hush, which came out, I believe, while it was at SDCC. Or there was a screening for it and I just happened to miss it or something. And I've been intrigued because I've always heard heard good things about the comic. I hear it's a classic. And this one takes place in the animated universe, which is set in the New 52. Now, I don't know if the original comic is set there, but this one is. And honestly, I quite enjoy it. I found it to be pretty darn entertaining, it was engaging I think the voice acting was really solid um, like overall, I I liked it, I would recommend it to, you know people that are into Batman, but I'm not into Batman, so this is definitely the case where I looked at the reviews, I'm like, oh man I really enjoyed, uh, this movie you know, I hope the comic's interesting I'll probably, I want to pick up the comic now and I check the reviews and everyone's like, why Batman Hush is a piece of shit (laughs) Why this Why this abomination made it to the to the direct-to-DVD screen? And I'm just like, oh, people did not like this uh, a lot. Okay. Um, and so, like, even watching the movie and tracking the and I'm, I'm going to try not to spoil anything, but uh, if I spoil anything, I'll, I'll try and say spoilers before. Nonetheless, like, tracking the mystery of everything and the character that they introduce, I'm like, oh, Hush is going to be this person. And then it gets to the end, I'm like, oh, it's this person. And maybe that could have been executed a little bit more, fluidly like there he was definitely like there was definitely a red herring there for his character and I'm like oh okay okay but like Jason Omar I'm like yeah that's not who Jennifer Morrison plays Catwoman I think she did a phenomenal job um it actually makes me really interested in more interested in like their relationship dynamic that was one of the things I thought that was actually very good with the writing is kind of balancing you know Bruce and Selena's character dynamic um and, and, uh, now, now I'll say spoilers, uh, spoilers for the story, spoilers for Batman Hush, the movie that came out, I believe in July, 2019, maybe August, um, near the end, you know, you have all this buildup of their relationship and they're seeming happy and they're working together. And I think that's really, really cool. And, you know, in a way Catwoman gets inducted into the Bat family in her own right, meets Nightwing, I guess, you know, his identity knows about, uh, fucking Damien, who I'm pretty sure wasn't in the original comic. Cause I don't know if he was really around then, like he is now, <laughs> Um, but like, anyways, you you get her interacting with them, and that those interactions good. She's interacting with Alfred, and then the end, you know, because uh, Selena forced Bruce to let you know Hush die. Um, once that reveal is made, she's like, I if this is the person you're gonna be, you know, ethically, I just I can't be with you right now, and it actually made me a little sad. It, it made me it made me a little sad, but um. You know what? I'm interested to see where these movies go. I have to. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do episode separate episodes, going through a bunch of the movies. I I've seen about I want to say half to three quarters of the DCA movies. A lot of them I skipped because um, I'm, I'm just not a huge DC person. But I do I respect the company. I respect the hustle. But I I thought Hush was good. I think I thought the animation was solid. I enjoyed the fights. Um, <laughs> Poison Ivy's like, what the fuck like every couple of seconds. I'm I, I found it a kind of funny. I, this movie is closer to an R rating than Batman V Superman is. I'll certainly say that. Um, but I think it handles its mystery pretty well. I think it weaves in pretty well, too, with the rest of the DCAU, following the events that happened with, like, Death of Superman and Rise of the Superman and all that. I, I think it's a decent follow-up. I'm intrigued with what they're going to do with um. I believe it's Wonder Woman Bloodlines is the next film. And that one comes out in, I want to say, one or two or, uh digitally so it comes out october 5th and then it'll be released on on physical uh the day after my birthday october 22nd um so yeah that's coming out october 5th so we got bloodlines but i, I think that's everything i got to say about dc stuff so let's talk about marvel comics which is kind of the inspiration for the name of this show um i, I named this show uh, atlas comics elite and if you know why you know why, and if you don't know why, just Google who Atlas Comics is. Anyways, going to the Marvel news, we apparently have an update on that Ghost Rider show that was supposed to go to Hulu. Uh, ages ago, we heard about it, and they're bringing back Gabriel Luna, but he was going to be the only, um, the only one returning for that, and. Uh, apparently that's not the case anymore. It turns out, uh, looks like the flames of justice and vengeance have a uh, fizzled out with Hulu as it appears that that Ghost Rider show is getting canned because Kevin Feige, uh, allegedly has his own plan for the character and the rumors circulating right now are saying that he wants to actually bring back Johnny Blaze yeah, and have him do something related to the MCU and probably those shows. I don't know if it's going to be like a Disney plus show, but for now it seems like, uh, Ghost Riders being shelved. And how do I feel about that? I'm, I'm a I'm a little disappointed and a little interested. Uh, I feel bad for Gabriel Luna because I actually do enjoy him as Robbie Ray as Ghost Rider. I think he's a pretty interesting uh, part. The last time I watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was season four, where they had the Ghost Rider that season. I thought he was very good at that. He's a, he's a good actor. Uh, I liked him. And I was interested to see what kind of story they were going to do. But it seems like they're trying to do um, maybe their own plan for the uh, Spirit of Vengeance. And if they're trying to do... Johnny Blaze and then go forward and try and do it a little bit more proper or just give some more backstory and say like where is Johnny Blaze and then build up to that like if they're going to build back up and reintroduce Luna as Robbie Reyes I think that would actually be a really cool idea Um, in a way to kind of you know we're already getting Blade but it looks like they might be trying to set up their own little Midnight Suns type of deal since we're getting Blade um, and I'm imagining that's what you know Feige has plans for is to do Blade have Ghost Rider we're getting Moon Knight in his own show coming soon, so it'd be Blade, Ghost Rider, Moon Knight, probably need one more. You could do Frank Castle. Uh, I wouldn't mind them reintroducing Frank from the Netflix show. Same thing with Charlie Cox. Those would definitely be two that I would pull over from one to the other. But who knows? Who knows? Um, so, yeah, it's it's sad to hear him go, but, you know, he's getting Terminator 6. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, next up, we, we got some... Uh, some news over from boys and girls and the rest all over at Sony, pitching bad ideas again, pitching bad ideas, and and uh, and I said it on old Marvelly episodes, but um, allegedly there are talks and potentially negotiations coming for uh, a Madame Web movie to go into production. Oh my god! Okay, um, why? Who who is that invested in the character of Madam Web? Not that I don't like Madam Web, but that's a character I honestly haven't heard from since, not even spider Dead. I won't say the first, you know, Spider-Verse event. Uh, that's a character I only know of because of the 90s animated series. That's a character who appeared in Shattered Dimensions. That's a character that no one is that invested in. And I keep saying, Sony, if you want to do a female-centric spider-person film, do one on Anya on Corazon. She is interesting and separate enough from Peter Parker that you can do a lot of interesting stories involving her, the Agents of Wasp. You can do that. She is right there. She is a minority and she is a woman. If you want to make her queer, do that shit too. But that is such an easy, obvious fucking choice for a Spider-Person who knows Spider-Man but is distant and separate enough. And you can pull in that minority draw and that superhero draw and that female draw that you keep pushing for in your fucking movies. Oh my goodness, who wants a Madame Web movie? And as soon as I saw that, my first thought is, who's she going to fight? The fucking Inheritors? Because that's a weird way to introduce them into your little universe. Is it going to be this weird team-up of Morbius, Venom, and Madam Web? Like, oh my goodness. Stuff like this just... I I get it. This is stupid nerd rage over things that... Over million-dollar production studios making million-dollar production studio decisions. But they just keep going with ideas that I think are just really fucking silly. They just really are. Like, the fact that Venom made almost a billion dollars still baffles me to this day. Um, So, Godspeed on them with Venom 2. But this Madam Web shit, I'm just... No. Just, just not you want to do a Spider-Gwen movie? Sure, do that. Uh do you want to do an all female spin-off movie from Spider-Verse that's like Spider-Gwen Silk uh um God, who else do they have? That's uh Aranya, a- a- I guess. <laughs> that just a team of Spider-women? Cool. Do that. Do a solo Spider solo Spider uh movie about Aranya. Yeah. Do a 2099 movie. I'm all here for those. Madam Web. That's so out of left field, man. That's, that's like us getting uh, a, not even a Spider-Man noir film, because people would watch that. That's like a Penny Parker film about FP slash SDR. And even still, that would be interesting, because it's like Spider-Man meets anime. You know, you get to do fucking uh, Akita with Spider-Man. That would be interesting as shit. Do one on her. You have all these other spider-related female characters, but you, you picked one that no one would think to, does Madame Webb even had a book? Like, do one on one of the other Spider Women, uh, like the clone of Jessica Drew. Find find have it be like a clone of Tom Holland, who's played by some young British female actress. I don't I don't fucking know. But like, do Ultimate Jessica Drew have her do a solo movie? You know, do it do I just uh, a series of bad ideas? Like they're like if Marvel is the house of ideas, Sony is the house of bad ideas because they keep having ideas that have potential and just fucking up shit. And, and, and what's interesting to me is in the fallout of this whole deal with Disney and, and all of that stuff, um, I, I found it fascinating that, you know, Sony was actually kind of in their right to make the negotiations for that deal how they did. Whether or not I agree with it is neither here nor there, but I do understand their position for it. Nonetheless, it's interesting to think that Sony's film uh, decision in the past Have been so rocky and tumultuous that everyone thought that Sony was at fault for fucking up that deal because not everybody knew the facts about that situation. And once I was informed about that, I'm like, okay, I can understand why they're standing on their ground. I may not exactly agree with it, but now I'm interested to see where they go. But the fact that their decisions in the past, not just for this franchise, but for Men in Black, from Ghostbusters, and now for, and like consistently for the longest time with Spider Man. They keep making decisions that I don't think are the right ones. And it has to come down to just Avi Arad and Amy Pascal. And it's like, well, you know, those are the same people that gave us the the home the Spider-Man home movies and Into the Spider-Verse. I'm like, no. The writers did those that they hired. So, yes, they picked good writers. They picked solid directors. They picked good directors. But it's letting them do what they can do and letting their strengths be displayed. Like, that's why I still kind of defend uh, The Amazing Spider-Man. Mark Webb was a good director. He directed the shit out of that movie. I think that's a very well-directed movie. The writing, it could be better, but I still don't think it's particularly bad. I anyone's bad, but that also had a lot of outside interference with it. Um, and so also, that's another thing, just to point that out. Like, if there are things that you don't like about the Spider-Man home movies, you can actually blame Sony on that, too. Disney has a lot less to do with those movies than one would expect. Like, Kevin Feige is an executive producer, on. I'm sure. Um, and he, he of course, has some say because I'm sure there's a lot of money out of his pocket going there. But in terms of, like, the actual production, picking the actors, picking, like, the writing team and stuff like that, they don't have as much influence. A lot of that actually is Sony. So the thing that you like, don't like about those movies, uh, same here with me, actually goes back to Sony. So, yes, there's a lot of good that they do. There's a lot of things they do right. I think Tom Holland is a great actor. I think the cast in the movies are good. I think the directing is it's it's solid. I think the writing uh, got better between Homecoming and Far From Home. I think the villains that they introduce are good, but at the same time, there are also things that I'm not the biggest fan about in those movies. Um, and and same thing, you know, about Men in Black International. Same thing about Ghostbusters 2016. There are like things that work and things that don't, and it, it just comes up to those like three higher ups, uh, the like the current president and Annie Pascal and Abby Rad, and it just it just breaks my heart. Because I'm like, there's so much potential, and when Sony is good, they are on their shit. Um, like, we got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that came out recently. The newest Quentin Tarantino movie. Like They helped they do that! Well, maybe not Amy Pascal and Javier Rad, but Sony did that. Sony does good movies. Sony did the first Men in Black. You know, Columbia and TriStar, who were under Sony, did the first two Ghostbusters. Well, the first Ghostbusters. <laughs> I don't want to talk that one too much. But, like, Good movies. Sony has good people. Sony can recognize good things, but it's just green-lighting stupid ideas from time to time. It really, really gets on my nerves and frustrates me. Because I I, I like this company. I like Sony. I am honestly so intrigued with where they could potentially go with a, a third Spider-Man Home movie. I am honestly, honest to God, so curious because um, they, they don't have the best track record with third Spider-Man movies. Like, Spider-Man 3... I think it's entertaining, but I don't think it's a particularly good movie. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man three, The Pitchfork, who oh God, like bad ideas all around. And it, it's and when you follow those two series and see what they've set up, they're they're carryovers from those two series. They're setting up the Sinister Six from Amazing Spider-Man, and then they pick the Vulture uh, and Mysterio, who are supposed to you know appear in Spider-Man four. Boy, howdy, doesn't that sound familiar? So I'm pretty sure we're gonna get the Sinister sex in the last movie. I'm I'm just curious. They're probably gonna do it as like a Strike Force, um, that has to set up to go after Peter Parker. If you want to see my idea for uh that I came up with on the spot with where they could take those movies, you can also see that on my channel. But nonetheless, I just I gotta stop talking about it because I'm getting I'm getting in my feelings about this because Sony. I have such a love-hate relationship with that company. Because I enjoy their movies, but I also acknowledge a lot of them just... They're not bringing... They're not maximizing their potential, and it, it frustrates me so much. So, so much. Because I, I want this studio to be to be as good as it can be. I want them to be competing with like other major studios like Fox before they got bought out. Um, and it's not like they're not. It's not like the studio's you know, dying or anything, but it's just when it comes to these properties that they own, I want to see them succeed, but you, you got to do better. You got to do a lot better. Anyways, um, last topic related to Marvel things. I's just a little bit of comic talk. Uh, JJ Abrams Spider-Man came out. I want to say about a week ago, uh, a little over a week ago. I hate to say it. It's, it's not that good. Uh I'm gonna follow it because it's only five issues, so I'm curious, like hopefully it'll improve, but that and like it had uh one of my favorite, if not my favorite comic artist, Sarah pacelli on it. Art wasn't that good. I was confused. I'm like, wait a minute, Sarah? Sarah helped bring a smile to morales. Like Sarah is a phenomenal artist. She but she wasn't doing it here. The writing just wasn't really doing it for me. Like that opening part with the, the introduction of this new OC villain, cool. Uh the introduction of Pete's kid, sure fine. Uh the introduction of OC do not steal girlfriend for Ben Parker. Okay. Um it, it just looks like uh but then like the twist at the beginning and everything going on with Pete and his little robot arm and all that. Um it's an interesting setup. it felt it honestly feels a little bit slow, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um but like what it, it also feels a little bit like I don't know what the correct word I can't remember the correct word for it, but like putting yourself in the story because it's about like Peter Parker, this disgruntled absent father uh, in his son's life and how he's trying to live up to his legacy. And he has all these anger issues and stuff like that. And I don't know if that's a reflection of their actual relationship dynamic, um, especially because both of them are writing this, but I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to tell us, Henry, Henry Abrams about your life with your dad. Um, I'm just hoping there's no mystery box bullshit. It's like, I like Spider-Man life story. I thought that was really interesting. But J.J. Abrams, or the, the Abrams family, <laughs> Spider-Man, I'll follow it. I'm hoping it gets better, but that first issue was honestly kind of weird for me. Uh, but on the other hand, we have Hickman's X-Men, so I think Powers of X is the one. Uh, Powers of X 5 just dropped yesterday. Powers of X is, it's a little harder for me to follow, I think, just because of the the Hickman diagrams that keep popping up, and it's me just constantly trying to stay aware of uh, what because they jump timelines so you have like x zero 10 years in the future 100 years in the future thousand years in the future uh x-men 1000 or x-1000 or whatever because uh, they, have, they have the cube symbol um and at times it can be a little difficult to follow what happens with the mutants I, I that's why i prefer house of x slightly more but nonetheless i think it's a really interesting story and just looking at the december solicitation for what's coming out i'm intrigued for where he's going to take the x-men after this because looking at the story and what they've been building with uh with Charles Xavier and Magneto and especially with Moran McTaggart and um, the mysteries of two of those lives and, you know, having Apocalypse and Mr. Sinister and all these other uh, former villains coming in to move into and, you know, kind of maximize what's going on with mutants. I'm curious, going forward, essentially, if you are creating these systems in place where you've kind of made a utopia for mutants, which I think is a really interesting idea, where do you go from there in order to kind of establish tension? Um, what what comes in as, as the threat? Because it looks like what they're trying to do is like minimize threat while maximizing benefits from mutants. So I'm really interested in where they're going to take that series. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't wait till the end of it. We got about two more weeks. So we get into the last house effects and last powers effects in the next two weeks. Uh, my birthday is coming up next month. Yay. So that's exciting news. I have an exam coming. Oh boy. <sighs> and I'm still working on my internship and trying to get my life together, and that's it. But um I think that's going to do it for this week. This is a pretty short episode because I don't have anyone to bounce off of. I don't really have any major pertinent news. I'm not going to go back as far to talk about my opinion on the whole Spider Man situation because I've already done that. If you would like, to ask questions or send in questions. Um, you can either leave it down in the comment section. I guess I'll use the hashtag Ask Atlas. <laughs> I don't know why that's going to be what Ask Atlas or Ask Ace, uh, Ask Ace Podcast. Um, but if you want to, you know, hit me up personally, hit my DMs. If you want to be on the show, we can tap, chat it up, talk it out. Or I can do an interview or whatever I feel like doing with that. Um, we can do that too. So hopefully I can get some guests on the show and get some interviews some talking pieces done and get you know get a following get engaged but if you want to find me uh i'm on instagram and i am on youtube both of those are at will the so welcome to the show i hope you enjoy it let me know your thoughts down below any suggestions any critiques any comments uh but let me know down below in wherever the comment section may be or in my dms hit me up there but yeah i will hopefully see you guys next week so have a good one and welcome to EA's podcast.